0: chapter twenty-one of the recording angel by edwin arnold Brenholtz. this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by kate Fallis. chapter twenty-one for some days must be dark and dreary longfellow on this same day as arndt turned to hasten to mr endy's room he confronted kennedy who had been admitted at the side door he immediately showed him the telegram from arthur and his face was very pleasant to look at for the joy on it was genuine as he said i tell you doc this arrives in the nick of time mr endy took the acceptance of his plan much harder than i feared he would its rejection i think he had braced himself for its rejection but when in his conversation before dinner with martinvale and others he found that the pension plan which on account of its liberality was what he feared would be the great stumbling block was not strenuously objected to he took heart and talked enthusiastically of the future and a great deal too much i warned and warned him but you know his favorite saying a man's immortal till his work is done and once he added playfully and don't you know my boy i've got a lifetime of work ahead to put this plan in successful operation i had not the heart to tell him that several of them had said plainly to me supposing that i was no longer a working man for it has been told everywhere recently that i am soon to marry a rich woman that there would be no difficulty in keeping the amount paid out under the pension section very small simply by discharging the men on one pretext or another before they became eligible under the time limit i tell you doc i was converted to socialism right at the moment when martinvale himself had the audacity to tell me that he is shrewd he supposed that i would hear it being talked sooner or later and so he closed my mouth by telling it to me himself of course now i cannot repeat it in public and if you could have heard the way they figured and cut on each proposition that would make it easier for a working man to accumulate anything i think that i would not have much trouble in converting you either they were by this time standing outside of mr endy's door and could hear nettie and annie talking to him and kennedy said bluntly you'll never do it charlie never in this world your sister completed the work long ago and then he held out his hand and said cordially shake comrade mr endy heard their voices and called eagerly charles charles come quickly i need you at once kennedy as soon as he heard that voice knew that a great change had occurred and he whispered to arndt as he returned the telegram not till i give you the word as soon as they entered mr andy called out come come my dear boy i must have a new will drawn up at once the strike is about over and what is left of the estate must be willed to robert unconditionally i must give him that last proof that i trust him fully get me pen ink and paper i will write it myself it doesn't take many words to give all of a person or all of an estate or all of heaven or hell while he was speaking they had passed to where they could see his face and the way in which it had aged and the way in which the light of hope had died out of it brought tears to their eyes and arndt was glad of the excuse to leave the room and go into the study for what was wanted kennedy immediately commenced to talk cheerfully of the future and how glad he was to learn that the plan was to be put in operation and while he talked he prepared some restorative and then asked mr endy to take it what's the use doctor don't i know that my work is done that the plan will be used to further the interests of the rich will be used to defer the day of final payment will be used to put new shackles on the worker no no i have prayed when i can no longer be instrumental in averting strife between the rich and poor do not let me live to see the inevitable struggle martinvale said plainly that he and the others would never submit to the will of the voters if it took the shape of socialism the workers have submitted year after year and century after century to legislation adverse to their interests and have done it with little murmuring they are the patriots the men i entertained this day and all like them are the traitors again kennedy begged him to take the medicine and again he refused saying i have strength enough left to make that will and write some farewell words to my son that is enough i do not care to live beyond the last gleam of that shining sun arndt had returned while he was speaking and kennedy looked meaningly at him arndt simply placed the open telegram in the father's hand Nettie was seated by his side, and Annie stood with her hand resting on the pillow close by his head, and when he took in the meaning of the joyful news, he closed his eyes in silent thanksgiving for quite a while, and at last said, "'Give me your medicine, doctor, whatever you will. My boy is free, is coming home. I must be here to welcome him.' Nettie leaned over and kissed him, saying, father don't forget that i have no one to lean on but you you must stay with me for many many years it was the first time she had given him that endearing title and he clasped her hand tightly and said dear child i would to god that i could for your sake but i must go and you will not need me looking significantly at arndt but both of them knew that things were not as they had been between arndt and the girl not since the day of her arrival at the mansion arndt placed the paper on the invalid's table and pushed it to the bedside and then mr endy wrote the necessary words in a surprisingly steady hand and said friends i acknowledge that to be my last will and testament and request all to sign as witness of my acknowledgment and that i am of sound and disposing mind in the meantime arndt had sent for a notary before he returned to the room with the pen and paper and while they were signing that official arrived and took the acknowledgment of all in legal form when everything was finished, Mr. Andy leaned back and rested for a time, and Arndt accompanied the notary to the door, and upon his return to the bedside, his friend spoke to him, and all could note that his voice was plainly weaker, saying, Charles, how soon do you think they can be here? I hope within an hour, sir, if they got a special, and started when the telegram was sent once more he took the remedy and rested and when he looked at them again it was much more brightly and he said see here doctor i don't want to go to sleep i have much to say to robert and many things may happen to delay him i will talk charles get ready and take down my words my final words to robert i feel that there should be little left to say when he arrives kennedy replied promptly it will do you no harm to talk but you should not give up there is no need for you to die if you will only think so and use your utmost endeavours to survive the shock you have sustained i know how severe a one it is and mr martinville should be hanged but you can still do much for humanity doctor said he i have done with fooling myself i am wedded to that plan of mine if they had rejected it i would still have worked to secure for it a chance and even now convinced as i am that the ten years work was wasted i could not refrain if i survived from seeking to put this and the other feature of it in operation i would be a hindrance to the young men who have quite another work to do and it is because i so fully realize this weakness of mine that i know my work is done all i ask of you is abide with me till night shall come and keep me here and in condition to welcome my boy and if i might so far presume on our years of acquaintance stand shoulder to shoulder with the workers and the future you are a laboring man as well as they their highest interests are yours you mean the socialists i'm already enlisted so is arndt let me greet you my comrade that is good that is good oh what a word that is that is the word i have missed all my life at the last i have learned to say and love it turning to annie arndt he said dear girl let me thank you for the untiring kindness with which you tried to show me this but you know we can learn our lesson in but one way you in yours i in mine I am thankful that it was so gentle a hand that snapped my chains and set me free. Annie leaned over and kissed his forehead and said, Comrade, I will never forget those words of thanks. They shall nerve me for the days to come. Arndt said that he was ready, and Mr. Endy requested the others not to leave, as he had nothing to say that all might not hear, and then, sentence by sentence, slowly slower and slower and ever more feebly he spoke as the hours dragged interminably along ever the pauses between the sentences became longer at times they thought that he would never speak again but when arthur's message was read setting a definite moment for the arrival of his son he seemed to revive wonderfully and hurried through what he had still to say Arndt alone knew that he had sent Jeanette to the station for Robert. He could not be there to greet him. He sent his best instead, and Robert read the loving thought and blessed him for it. Arndt knew the thud, thud, thud of those faithful feet as far as they could be heard. And as soon as Robert left the muddy highway and entered the mansion grounds, the tidings of his coming was borne to Arndt's ears, and he whispered to Kennedy, "'He's coming, he's here!' the ears of death are sharp mr endy caught each word and when robert finding no one to meet or restrain him supposing that his father was dead rushed into the room he found the old man standing with open arms to greet him and crying praise the lord o my soul and all that is within me praise his holy name for this my son was lost and is found was dead and is alive for the moment robert was so shocked so overjoyed that he did not take another step and then his father said but oh how weak and trembling the voice had become i bid you welcome home my boy all i have is yours all these are comrades mine and all are pledged for life are you one of us can you yet speak the comrade word now the only reservation in robert's mind when he wrote to his father the last time was the fact of his conversion to socialism annie arndt had sent him book after book and paper after paper and finally several letters on the subject and so it was with great relief and joy that he was able to squarely meet his father's look and say with all my heart i can all that i have or am is for the cause god bless the comrade cause my work is done his father said and would have fallen if robert had not clasped him to his heart then kennedy and arndt who noticed how nerveless hung the hands of their friend went to robert's assistance and when they laid his father down they saw that that which we call life and thought had gone away side by side annie and nettie could not restrain their tears they went into the study adjoining the bedroom and to the window that opened out onto his much-loved balcony and when arndt saw them there he also came and stood beside them and noticed that the last rays of the sun that sun that had shone so brightly warmly cheeringly through all this awful day was gilding the western sky more gloriously than he had seen before the room behind him was filled with the tender light and he now remembered that throughout the day the birds had been singing and twittering their delight at what they thought was spring at hand and as he stooped to kiss his sister he said and yet the spring the day of birth is far away there's much of winter yet to face and bear at that kiss, Nettie turned away and glanced through the open doorway behind them, and as she did so, she saw the agony on the face of Robert Endy, who had thrown himself on his knees and was gazing at his father's face as one who never could gaze enough. The sight brought back to her, as in a flash of swiftest lightning, the wild, wild words she had spoken of him the night her father died dimly the recollection of that night had been ever with her but now she heard herself and saw it all again she gazed until she found that arndt had also turned and understood her thought and then she went from them and softly closed the door returning she reached to him her hand and said do curses righteous curses ever work despite the human instrument and yet have i not also lost have i smote him and not my friends no no you had the right we are so bound that none may smite but he smites all that none may steal but he thieves from himself you were most right we smite a system not a man and though we have befriended pitied loved that man still is his life the life he used to lead "'made desolate in a failure, "'and you are quit of your oath. "'Here, as though in the presence of the dead, "'I ask you, if you wish to give me up, "'or whether my father's wealth, "'now dedicated to the cause we love, "'shall stand between us any more.' "'Arndt winced. "'She had probed his most secret thoughts. "'He answered in her very words, "'Remember, you are mine and I am yours.' and i will never give you up unless you want me to and then he kissed them both and so they stood and watched the dark creep up to meet the coming day how long they stood none knew within the room there was no sound until robert who had come up noiselessly behind them said come i now must hear of all there is to tell miss Arndt, you have my heartfelt thanks i shall never forget that it is you that i owe being able to give my father the answer he wanted annie noticed how firm resolute manly was the tone of his voice and she replied i did my duty nothing more my life and all i have belongs like yours to this great cause could i do less than i have done and then they went down to their friends who were anxiously waiting for them in the library owing to the condition of the streets king and the others had not arrived until after mr endy's death but they remained to offer their services and sympathy to robert little was said for supper was soon announced but afterwards the story of that day was told by arndt to sympathetic hearers and when he ended he went to the desk and took from it the paper he had written during that solemn afternoon and handed it to robert who immediately asked to be excused and went with it to his father's room it was then nine o'clock and king and chandler and arthur decided that they must return to clyde by the ten o'clock express and kennedy went for his wife to remain with the ladies at the mansion until after the burial of mr endy as chandler was leaving he said to arndt you are named with me on a power of attorney signed by chambers and i think it will be best if you can be spared from here to-morrow for us to see at once what is in that box of his i would like to invite mr arthur to be with us when we open it as he can tell us more about things connected with this case than any one else arndt gave arthur a cordial invitation saying at the same time that he did not know whatever possessed chambers to put his name on such a document since if he hated any on the earth or beyond it was the man that had struck his friend he agreed however to go to clyde on the morrow if possible soon after the arrival of the kennedys the mansion was shrouded in darkness save where the light gleamed into the night from the window of mr endy's room there robert sat and read the paper and the will enclosed therein and thought of all the past and planned for the future until the first glimmer of dawn allowed him to extinguish the light and then he called rollins to take his place by the side of the dead even then he started at the beginning, and read those last words of his father once more before retiring. To my dear son. Greeting. My work is done. Your begins. First. Tear from your heart the love of wealth, for I say unto you that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Second. Tear from your heart the love and pride of place for i say unto you that equality alone can make you free third tear from your heart the love of power for i say unto you how can a man love god whom he hath not seen if he love not his fellow whom he hath seen and doth he rule by force who loves behold my son i show you this my secret heart i have lived far far from men live close 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 to them to all for they are god incarnate here and all his ways are shown in them by grace of truth this i see now my work for peace was vain for war in guise of peace has ever been abroad and stalking through all lands o oh, wasted years o oh, blinded eyes there was a way a sure and certain way to peace that never had been yet attained a way long since declared by those of purest hearts and i my son saw not that way and spent the fruitless years in casting up a highway of my own on which the slayer followed in my track give heed my son this is that why that blinded these fond eyes this is that why that deafened these two credulous ears i was like that young man of old possessor of much wealth and could not use the comrade word because of it have i not known for years the crimes against god's law and man's committed by the rich have i denounced them with a fearless tongue have i not paid with money earned by those who knew not ease or what man's life should be a man to speak smooth words to rich men day by day have i denounced him when his coward tongue with silence cloaked their evil grasping lives why have i not look on this earth and say if it is thine look on this earth and show your title from its maker to an inch of it these words i utter lest my blindness should be thine yet i have hoped that light has dawned on thee for prison walls cannot bar truth there is a cry of traitor in the land my son i had them in my house and at my board this day one man for four years term and nine for life rule over this fair land and make a mock of freedom and of law beware of them for they are tools of whosoever can control the purse I speak as one who is beyond the reach of man and shortly shall see god this is not courage son do you show more there needs not that i say to you to treasure as your dearest friend the man that writes these words for me yet will i say it since the time is short and i would place on record that i love him well o oh, child of mine think what a world this world might be if but equality and justice reigned your task is ready to your hand see that the hour of your departure finds it finished and the nations one in love and aim and brothers all and war forever slain when future days are dark and dreary Turn from the day and find a joy that shall illume the blackest cloud in working for and loving outcasts and the unprotected weak until that day when none of these shall be. Behold, I send you word the dawning of that day is near at hand. End of chapter 21